Hello, good morning, and welcome to the second episode of TikTok with Princely. I am Akiyemi Mohamed Adedeji. If you're just joining us, um, this is a podcast where we talk to talk with people who walk to work. And basically, what we do here is to shalaye with sense. Today, I'll be having Miss Semiat Adedebebe. She calls herself an educator, but we all know loosely as teachers. <laughs> and uh, Miss Semiat Adedebebe. Is a convener of teachers rendezvous. It is nice to have you on the show today. Good morning, Prince Lee. It's my pleasure to be on the show too. Um, Miss Miss Samiat, um, I, I would like to ask you. You 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 used to tag millennial educator instead of um teacher. Uh, this is this is not a very common tag, and uh, this is this is how you have chosen to identify with your role as a teacher. What is is there any difference between being uh, being called a teacher and being a millennial educator? Is there something peculiar about millennial educator that we know that we need to know? Please please um, share with us. I get hugged this. People, I get to answer this question, this particular question a lot. People ask me, why are you calling yourself a millennial educator? Why not just a teacher? Well, I think the default um, name for the career is, or the profession is teacher. People say, okay, I'm a teacher. And so there's no, um, when you say teacher, so it's just like it's blank. People just hear the word teacher. Okay, primary school teacher. Well, I feel I like to recognize myself as a millennial educator because I distinguish myself. My kind of teaching is different from the traditional teaching. I make sure that um, I bring up the things that I see that is available. What what I what I see that can help my teaching is what I bring to my classroom and what I bring to my students. So I, I move away from the traditional teaching techniques such as um, memorization and then you like force this just force the knowledge on the on the learners. My kind of teaching is the one that ensures that children learn exactly what can be used both in the classroom and in the outside world, like beyond the four walls of the classroom. Is my teaching affecting that child in a positive way? So, um, millennial in the world before educators is just to show the kind of energy that millennials bring to whatever profession that they do. When you see a young lawyer, a, long, a young doctor, you can easily differentiate him or her from somebody that has been in the profession 20 years ago. We as millennials, we try to bring in a kind of spark to whatever we do. We put in a lot of energy to make sure that the job is well done. So I feel a millennial educator is much more, um, gives me that um, pride as a teacher doing different things that people who had been in the profession long before or I thought of maybe having a passion or even pursuing the career came, came in. So that's it. Okay, um, thank you very much for, for your response. Um, another thing I have come to, come to observe is that um, you tend to connect the sustainable development goals of the United Nations to your job as a teacher. Are there any relationships, are there direct relationships between um, SDGs and your work as a millennial educator? You said, could you please share, share this perspective with us? 
True. Teach, there's, there's, a, there's a link between SDGs and um, teaching. You see, um, I think it's high time teachers started looking beyond their classrooms. You see, it's not just about, teaching is not just about content mastery. You cannot just say, okay, I've taught my learners mathematics, I've taught them English, and that's all. Things have evolved beyond uh, content mastery. There are a lot of concepts coming into the modern-day classroom that children need to learn. Children need to learn what empathy is. They need to learn what what peace is, what justice is. And those things may not be rightly available in the curriculum, but you as a teacher need to make the extra step to make sure that you give it to them. SDG4 is very dear to my heart. When I when I look at the um, subset, sub um, set of what is available under SDG4, quality education, I feel taxed to do something. I feel taxed to um, incorporate the things that are there in my classroom to see how I can make change, starting from my own classroom too. So it's not um, it's not um, overboard to 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 look at um, SDGs as um, part of the what should be available in the classroom. No, it's actually in sync. Like teachers need to know that whatever they do should affect, whatever they do in their classroom should not just affect the child's academic life, it should affect the child holistically. So it's, that's why I like this word from someone that I look up to. She, she rightly put it in her book, The Right Teacher, that a good teacher must be aware of the changing trends in education and sectors that may directly or indirectly impact education. Nobody thought, uh, when Ebola um, came about the other time, it was just two weeks break that schools had away from, 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 this, from the physical classroom. But now with COVID, schools, schools have been shut for close to two months now, if not more than. So teachers need to start thinking of how they can connect what is happening globally to what happened in their what to whatever happens in their classroom. So I, I personally make sure that whatever I'm teaching, be it in the former classroom or in my evening classes with adult, adult learners, I make sure that I teach them uh, what is available in, okay, in the world, what is available in their community and how they can also make change. Because the, the, main, um, the main reason for education or schooling as a whole is for the individual to grow up, to be a responsible person and knows how to make change in his or her own right. So the change could be being a business and making profit, you are, you are, whatever you are selling is making change in somebody's life. If you are a career person, a lawyer, if you are helping people with their, people with their rights, that, that's change. So education is holistic and teachers need to wake up to the fact that whatever is happening globally affects you even in your own classroom and you must look for a way to incorporate it in teaching too. Um, being a teacher in Nigeria can be can be really, 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 really tasking. I mean, you people have to do a lot, go through a lot, and try to be a lot of things for people who do not even in 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 communities where you are not given enough regard. Uh, joy or disappointment? Which which of these feelings uh, is is much more prominent in in your work as a as a millennial educator, do you feel more joy from what you do or do you feel more disappointment from the challenges that the system is throwing your way? I would choose joy over disappointment 
every day, any time, even though the circumstances around me says otherwise, but I still prefer to choose joy because teaching to me is passion. It's, it's a calling. It's beyond the remuneration. In fact, I've done teaching. I've taught for a long time where I, I didn't get anything in return. I was just going to the classroom, doing my work and going back home. So it's not just, um, it's, it's beyond whatever the immediate gratification that comes with it. That's why I said that whatever, whoever wants to go into teaching should first of all know that the work is for impact first before the remuneration. However, remuneration is part of motivation that you can get for working but just know that you are in for impact because sometimes i stand in the middle of my classroom and i look at the children that i teach that wow these children one day would grow up and i'll be part of their narrative so my actions right now and right there would actually determine the kind of narrative they would have of me so i see that i see it as a tax like okay you just have to do right by the student because you don't know you you don't even know what the future you don't know who is sitting in this classroom you don't know what the future holds for any of the learner in your classroom so you just have to do right by them so it's joy for me that okay i'm i'm a nurturer i'm raising children who would eventually become this would eventually become that so it gives me a sense of purpose i feel fulfillment when i teach my classroom especially when i'm able to meet up with uh, my daily activities so i i, I kind of self-reflect every time i get back home that okay did i do this right did i do that right how can i help this child how can i help this child there was a time in my um, teaching career where i had to um, dedicate extra time to help a particular learner. Not that I was getting paid by the parents. In fact, the parents did not know that I was offering that service to a um, uh, child. So I dedicated extra time to take that child to make sure that the child actually moves in this, the same direction with the other children. Like there's, this, you know, in traditional classrooms, like what is available is that all the learners in the class. Even though now we are trying to practice more of differentiated learning, learners in the class have to like understand this particular um, um, this particular subject or this particular everything, the content in a particular curriculum. Just it must like go in. Okay, so um, I, I I know I've I've, I've um, interacted with teachers from other countries. Uh, and I, I I have come to realize that there's a very very wide gap. I mean, it's 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 phenomenal. It's humongous. There's a very very huge gap between teaching outside Nigeria and teaching in Nigeria. As a Nigerian educator, uh, what what has been your biggest challenge so far? It could be with with your students, with the institutions, uh, with um, the Nigerian society at large. What has been your biggest challenge as a teacher? Okay, so let's add S to challenge to make it challenges actually, <laughs> because um, fruitfully, um, it's not it's not easy doing giving quality service um, in Nigeria. Like whatever you do and you are bent on giving quality, it's not the, the road is going to be rough. So you just have to look for a way to find joy, like you mentioned earlier, in whatever you do, regardless of what comes in. So first of all, I will say that um, with the institution, that is the school that you work with or the organization that, that is um, employing you, 
they tend to there's this um, general um, box that they tend to put teachers so it's like nc there's a particular amount ssc there's a particular amount um bsc there's a particular amount you get so it's just now that a lot of schools are trying to place premium on people with education um certificates i actually went to school to study education because there's, there's a big difference between um an education graduate and somebody that just and that just you know transition to teaching because of um lack of job so i would say that there's this tendency to underpay teachers it's 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 common it's like it's everywhere um even public school teachers if not for the new uh, minimum which that just got into play now a lot of them are being underpaid and their own in fact their story is just another uh, it's another it's another topic for another day because they do a whole lot considering the population and they, they, they still get something minute to take home at the end of the day so but uh, for private schools there's this tendency to just underpay so unless you can speak up unless you know your worth as a teacher unless you know the value you bring to the table you can't actually um you can't actually get paid the way you want to be paid although your reward <laughs> okay we'll go to i know we are going to that but <laughs> teaching reward is more heavenly than you know earthly really but um I would just say that um, this tendency to underpay is something that is a pain in the head because you know you do a whole lot and then at the end of the day you can't even show up for yourself or even your family and then you are putting in the work, the extra work. So or let teacher learn to dive. Okay, so let me start answering that. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that's one of the challenge, the tendency to get underpaid. And then when it comes to the society, oh my god, it's like you as a graduate uh, teaching and you tell someone that you are teaching it's like wow that's like the worst of the job you can ever take so i can recall before my undergraduate studies i was teaching in a school where i was an, uh, an assistant teacher so someone saw me one day and was like okay are you you're a teacher right i said yes so why do you what was that thing that you saw in me that made me look like a teacher it was like my bag my shoe and everything so <laughs> as as you know as let me say funny not embarrassing anyway as it sounded i'm like okay so teachers have a way they look and you know people just look at you with one diminishing they look at you as no as like you can't even take up any other thing but teaching whereas this is an important humble profession in any country in fact for any country to move to move ahead or for to to witness growth or development in any country you need to check education and when you check education who are the movers you need to check the quality of the teachers before you even start looking at other stakeholders so um the society is not um, encouraging it's not encouraging at all the the the, the there's a lot of people that just you know look at it as you are doing something but i'm happy that um, there are a lot of organizations now that are redefining what teaching is and what teaching should be i particularly love how um, teach for nigeria um you know equip their fellows to do um to not just teach but be leaders in their classroom within their two years of fellowship school inca is another um, enterprise social enterprise that is doing a lot in teachers development and there is a um, learn as you teach um, foundation by dr abimbala gundere so there are a lot of stakeholders there are a lot of people now coming out to say things that okay this is not supposed to be um like this this is not supposed to be like that teaching is a much more humble profession and all 
So um, the society is not encouraging and we would not keep that by the side. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. The society is not encouraging. So it's just, um, we move, right? <laughs> Okay, um, I know I know that um, there is the Nigerian Union of Teachers, which is like the umbrella body for all um, educators in Nigeria. But then, aside, aside the NUT, is there like um, a peer group or an organization for teachers where Nigerian teachers get to share ideas, um, get to understand, you know, there, there are new challenges, not new per se, but then people we are just coming to understand them, like um, learning disability, uh using teaching aids and all of that so is is there is there like um, an organization or an umbrella body where teachers come together and then they they discuss and share ideas and um, the technological advancement amongst themselves do you do you do teachers have a front like this i would like to ask you one one final question more of a request and a question anyway if you could talk to administrators, by administrators, I mean people who are in charge, I mean uh, ministries, uh, uh, permanent secretaries, teach, uh, principals, teachers. If you could talk to administrators, all, all people involved in, in the administration of the teaching occupation, if you could tell them, tell them one thing, what, what thing would you like to tell them? If you could tell all of them one thing, what, what, what is that thing that you'd like to tell all of them? Did you say one thing now? <laughs> I want to tell them a lot of things, <laughs> really. But uh, okay, one thing. Well, the one thing that has been on my mind um, for a long time is, you know, the TRC and there's a, there's a there's a professional body called Teacher Registration Council of Nigeria. We write exams and we get certificates. We get certificate to, you know, like we are certified to teach a particular subject in school. And now it's becoming a requirement to even work in private schools. And that was not the case before now. So I would like the people involved, those are the top, <laughs> that they should please, they should make TRCN beyond the certificate, really. Because as soon as you write the exam, and then you get the certificate, that's all. There is no continuing professional development for teachers. There's no national body. Forget AUT. AUT has been politicized. I don't know if uh, that's my assumption, but that's what I've seen. I've seen it uh, and, and I know this. So it's like it has become more of a political thing than what it's supposed to be. Like the support teachers should get by joining professional bodies is not available in these bodies. So I think um, teachers beyond, there is, um, there's, there's a group for proprietors, there's a group for proprietors of private schools. But I think teachers body, like Mathematics Association of Nigeria, this, that, they need to become more effective really, because we need this professional support. Like we should all belong to a community where we can interact, where we can talk, where we know what is that, what is going on in the profession and how we can update. So that's why, what, personally, what I do is I try to update myself with um, books and then I make sure that I network very well with people that are really, really, really working the talk in the education space so that I get to know what is available. I'm really, I'm in love with 
Finland's system of education and I've been studying that system right from before they go to where they are and now that they are there. So I read books, a lot of books. And in fact, I'm currently reading um, Finnish lessons. So the book is, <laughs> but, well, I'll just, I just want to say that um, the people at the top needs to pay attention to grooming a community of qualified teachers beyond the certificate that they give them as members they need to keep supporting these teachers they need to do you know teachers go through burnout they need to keep giving them this support that they need like we should identify we should be proud that we are teachers in nigeria they should give us this sense of purpose this sense of belonging you know so in in some other countries they get um, certificates to teach they actually write exams to you know get license they call it license in india they get they call it license they have a license to teach both at the secondary school level and at the tertiary level so it's <laughs> we need to stop in fact paper qualification in nigeria is just something that there, there needs to be a lot of um, emphasis on delivery and beyond certification so uh, this support they should give it to us and this is one of the reasons why why i started teachers rendezvous where teachers can just ask questions okay i'm teaching this subject tomorrow who has an idea of instructional material we can use or this or that so even if government is not starting it yet maybe at individual level or at organizational level or at schools level they should start building this community where teachers feel among you know they feel happy to be among their peers in my in my uh, platform now we have teachers from at least more than 10 states in nigeria and they all uh, engage one another ask questions and we see old webinars on platform too so i think um, the ministries or stakeholders at the, at the top they should look into creating a good community for teachers give them this sense of uh, belonging not just like they are a part of um, yes we are a part of a whole but we should also um, they should identify what teachers are doing in the education sector thank you once again miss Emiat it was nice having you on the show and the next person will be i'll be introducing is miss adetokumbo adetola abigail uh, Meet, meet Miss Adetokumbo. Thank you once again for joining us, Miss Adetokumbo Abigail Adetola. Miss Abigail is a very passionate Nigerian teacher. She is an educator. <laughs> and um, she's, she's, she's one of those people that I really, really look, look up to. And um, I, I am really grateful for what they do for all of us in the society. Thank you for joining us, Ms. Aditokumbo. It is nice to have you on the show today. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Princely. It's an honor to be here. Miss um, Miss Aditokumbo, I would like to ask you, what, what emotions do you feel towards the job? I mean, how do you respond to... Um, the disregard that people give the teaching profession, how do you respond to it? How I feel concerning the um, disregard? Well, I started out not, you know, considering, not considering what people say. Okay, so let me give you a little bit, uh, a little background story. So I've always wanted to be a teacher from when I was a little girl and I've had people say, ah, why are you teaching? Why do you want to be a teacher? They don't get paid much. They don't earn much and all that. 
but um, the people that matter to me way back then they didn't care about that so I think <laughs> that sort of you know made me develop a thick skin to whatever it is people are saying now about oh teachers teachers are poor teachers won't be this people, teachers won't be that and all that and I don't know I, I, I think I feel very indifferent concerning it and I I despite my indifference I, I also believe that I'm one of the people like you know changing the narrative concerning teachers so i don't know if indifference works but i don't just care anymore (laughs) i don't care anymore i'm just doing my thing you know i'm trying to convert as much people as possible in your career as a teacher you tend to interact with a lot of um, young lings little children and um, from my experience Babies, little children, infants, uh, or young, young, uh, young humans, can be very, very, very problematic to manage. But then you do all these outreaches. You go to these local communities. You teach their children. You you educate them. How has this experience been for you as a person? Uh, what is what is the relationship like between you and these youngins? okay so my the first reply people probably expect to hear is oh it's beautiful it's you know it's good it's lovely it's that yes it is all of those things and it is challenging but i see it as you know a learning um platform for me it's a learning field basically because i get to interact with children from different walks of life children who have had um different experiences that has molded them to be who they are as at the time I met them and I try as much as possible to come to whatever level it is they want me to come to so it's as much as it is rewarding and fulfilling for me it is also challenging because get to meet different children no two children are the same not even twins so it's it's beautiful it's also challenging but I see all of this as you know a field to learn as much as possible so it's 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 not easy not easy to be honest but then somebody has to do the work basically so i see it as a learning a learning platform for me yeah um i want to i want to i want to ask you 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 have this very passionate um, attachment to towards um, children with learning disabilities i mean i know as a matter of fact that we got close because um i was seeking help on when I suspected that I had a learning deficiency and you were one of those people who were able to support me and give a counsel me on what to do and how to address it. And most of most of your work have been they have been tilted towards helping little children, young adults who have problems with um, learning deficiencies. Uh, learning, learning deficiencies. But uh, there is this there's this um, there's this challenge that I know that you have with um, the environment that we are in. I mean, there are parents who are going to force their children for not learning the way that their friends are. There are teachers who are going to be angry at students for being the way they are. And I remember that when I was in primary school, a teacher, Miss Sanzat, I can't forget that name, she beat the crap out of me. I had my own special game. Because I did not know how time worked. And the truth is, I have always, I have always been confused by uh, numbers. And uh, I, I tend to, I tend to not learn anything under stressful environment. 
So when, 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 I was, when I was being pressurized to learn my force, I did not grab anything. So when I went to the village, I, my, my grandma, my grandma was, was the one who now taught me using Yoruba, which is funny, how time works. And then there was this little conversation where she would ask me and my cousins what time was. Everybody would want to make um, grandma happy. But not, not a lot of children are able to um, enjoy certain privileges, identify that they have challenges, able to even address them attempt to address them so as a teacher how do you feel working with children especially people who have learning disabilities um so it's it's um quite sad to know that or to always see that children are being blamed for whatever learning difficulties it is that they have and i love working with uh, children and even your yeah, adults with uh, learning difficulties because I'm um, I'm a dyslexic, <laughs> so I've gone through I've gone through uh, you know dyslexia. I don't think that's the right word, but yeah. So I have had experiences as uh, a child with dyslexia and also as an adult with dyslexia. I still remember some of the challenges that I had back then, and even some of the challenges I'm having right now as an adult with dyslexia. And it's not easy. Despite the fact that I had, you know, support systems along the way, it still wasn't easy because the effect is like it's it's a lifetime. It's not something that you can say, oh, I have dyslexia now, I don't have it again. It's something that goes on for a long time. For as long as you live, you can only manage, you know, learning difficulties. It doesn't go away totally. So um, as a child living with dyslexia, I, I think it's safe to say I have first-hand experience. <laughs> in uh you know some of the effects of some of the things that i went through then and it's not beautiful to be honest so i wouldn't want any child around me or any child i can have access to to go through all of the things i have gone through because i didn't have the support because basically what what we need um children or adults with le- any learning difficulty is you know getting support and you know being able to learn just having people in our support circle that refuse to give up you know on us despite whatever challenges it is that we might be facing so that's one of the things that that makes me very concerned because we didn't get to choose we didn't get to choose this situation we didn't get to choose what country we're born in we didn't get to choose what kind of parents we have we didn't get to choose what kind of teachers we have you understand so we're just we're just into it and getting the right support system is basically key support systems in form of parents in form of teachers in form of siblings, in forms of, uh, you know, in form of relations, in form of just everybody that cares to know. And one of my major driving forces, every child can learn, every child should learn, every child will learn. We only need to make it possible. And we can only make it possible if we are looking for ways to make the child learn, you know, not giving up easily and all that. Um, I know, as a matter of fact, that there are a lot of teachers like you, kudos to you, kudos to kudos to people like you. There are lots of teachers like you who try as much as possible to go above and beyond for their students. You look out for them, you become their friends, you play with them, you listen to them. Uh, but on the other side, there, there are teachers who, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they are bad per se, not, I'm not trying to play a good cop, bad cop situation, but there are, there are some teachers who, who only want to do their job and get out, who just want to make their money and leave. Uh, what do you have to say about this this disparity between the teachers who are willing to go 
any mile to help their to help their students and then teachers just want to you know just garbage in garbage out get in and get out what do you have to say about this okay so uh this set of people we have them everywhere and not just you know only in the education industry but i'd like to say that it um goes down to being human first i love to i love to say that you know i'm human first before teacher i'm human before any tag or title and that's basically what it is so there are certain values that as humans we should all have you know resilience empathy curiosity integrity resourcefulness creativity and i'd like to talk about resourcefulness here a little bit it's not about the resources it's actually lack of resourcefulness as humans and you know by extension as teachers so for instance if i have a child in my class that is not learning as he or she ought to learn and i don't know how to help the child i've tried every means possible what stops me from meeting the teacher next door or any other teacher that i look up to you know that could help me brainstorm and see how i can make the child learn so it's actually not because we do not have resources we have them but we're not resourceful enough to find them if as human i have empathy then i wouldn't beat a child because they cannot learn i'm only going to look for various means that would you know make them learn i have to be resilient if i have the the ability or the value as as a core value as as a human to be resilient then it's going to spill over to being a teacher because god knows we need a lot of resilience as teachers so it's not really about you know the person and the teacher now because teacher is just a tag it's just the content it's what's in in the container itself that's being human so when they have all of these uh things in them all of these values ability that I've, i've talked about it makes a whole lot of difference when they are in the profession the teaching profession so i'd like to say to them that look it's it's because you don't have it as human that is why it's not really visible and i really do not blame them and uh there's also this thing they say that there, there are lots of problems things are not working well uh, things are not going fine things are not working well blah 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 things will not always go fine things will not always work well that is how life is designed we have the ups we have the downs i won't say because of the downs then we'll take it out on you know the children in our care we just is it boils down to you as a person what do you have as a person what are the values that you hold so dear as a person if you wouldn't give up easily as a person then when you meet children who have learning difficulties and it seems as if even the child himself is giving up you are there to say no we have to look for another way to make you learn so it, it, it basically boils down to the person before you know the teacher tag um thank you for for your contribution so far Uh, finally i would i would like to i would like to ask you one like uh, not ask i would like to request uh, that you if 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 there is anything that you could tell all the students in the world if all the students in the world were listening to you right now all your pupils in the world all the young children the young students in the world if they are listening to you right now if there is one thing that you could tell all of them that you'd like to tell all of them what would it be uh, do you mind sharing with us Oh, that's a beautiful one. So if they don't mind me calling them child. <laughs> so uh here goes. Dear child, you are loved. I believe in you. You are gifted. You are kind. You are special. Our world is better because you are in it. I know you will do great things. I am grateful for you. 
the world needs you i love you you can ask for help don't be afraid you are learning you are growing i believe you i believe in you your ideas matter and the best of it all is i love you don't forget that Um, thank you very much for listening to this episode of TikTok with Pencil X. Unfortunately, this is going to be uh, the last episode for for some time. <laughs> yeah, like I am sharing this with with a very heavy heart. Uh, it's, it's it is quite sudden and and sad on my part. So um, basically, I got commissioned for some new projects, and they are going to be really, really, really exhausting. It's going to be difficult to keep up with that commitment. So I'll be suspending the show indefinitely. Hopefully, in the future, I'll be able to come back to it and pick it up. And um, I want to use this opportunity to appreciate everybody who has been reading, sharing, and um, analyzing my series, the my writing series. Whitewash Tales of State. Uh, thank you very much. I'm very grateful for your support. And I'm grateful for your support for the two episodes of TikTok with Prince Lex. You are amazing. Stay amazing. And um, before I leave, uh, I would like to give this as an advice to everybody. I believe that if you are unable to dedicate 100% to projects, to a person, to a course, if you are unable to give all of you to to whatever it is that you want to do it is safer for you to let it go than for you to pretend to be interested in it i guess basically that is why i would i would have to suspend the show for now uh, because i won't be able to commit 100 percent time rather than rather than pretend to to enjoy it i guess i'd rather just let it go for now so thank you very much I am grateful to you and I will leave you with these notes from Ruth Omodara on her opinion as to what she thinks, how she thinks that we should all treat teachers. Thank you. God bless you. Hello, I'm Ruth Omodara. Um, I think teachers should be rewarded here in heaven and even in heaven. People have sacrificed so much resources, time, in making us become who we are. Some of them have gone beyond their professional duty to become friends, to become confident. They are interested in our sources. It gives them joy. Some that they are not even being paid up to expectation. At least in Nigeria, they are not being paid, especially in private schools. But these people have given so much. They are like angels. They have they are role models. Yes, growing up with them, I've had a lot of issues with them, feeling your teachers are right. But looking at this all back, recording all that has happened, you see they have invested so much and they deserve to be honored. They deserve to be respected for what they have done. They are heroes. They've built our futures and they've built us. And so we should um, reward them 